What did we learn from the NFL Combine and how does it matter for the Green Bay Packers moving forward? What did we learn about Aaron Rodgers and his status potentially among teams that want to trade for him? Plus, speaking of trades, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, we might have a better understanding of what their market looks like. All of that on an absolutely loaded show today. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Bob. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, on the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. We have Keith Sanchez from Locked On NFL Draft on the show tomorrow to recap the draft and doing that through the lens of the NFL Combine. The Combine played out in a really nice way, by and large, for the Green Bay Packers because it provided clarity on a number of fronts. This was a small receiver class. Let's start with the sexy position. This starts. Um, a, a run of time where the Packers get to figure out, okay, who fits, who doesn't, right? And we knew that this was a small class. Jordan Addison, small. Josh Downs, Zay Flowers. These were Tank Dell. These were small players. We knew that going into testing. We didn't know they'd be this small. Josh Downs, 5'9", 170. Jalen Hyatt even, who is, you know, tall enough, but... 170 in the 170s, that's just not going to be big enough for a team like the Packers. Now, they still met with Jalen Hyatt, they knew he was small when they met with him. But I think if you're Green Bay, you're looking at this going, okay, Quentin Johnston, that guy's big enough, Jackson Smith to Jigba, that guy's big enough, but neither of them ran. Maybe they're both slow. Now, in the case of JSN in particular, I don't care. Cooper Cup ran in the four sixes. And uh, Smith and Jigba tested even more explosive and, and quick than Cooper Cup. Similar sizes and similar skill sets. I think, I think Smith and Jigba fits perfectly in this offense with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. You put him in the slot and you are really, really cooking. But they have question marks. So this class... Mm, it's it's not it's not the best, but I think you you have some guys in the top hundred. Someone like Cedric Tillman for the Packers helped his case. Trey Palmer from Nebraska helped his case because they're big enough, they're they're fast enough. This is turning into a Stuart Smalley sketch for some of you who are old enough to understand that reference. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me, big enough, fast enough. And and played at a relatively big school. In the case of you know Tillman, it's Tennessee. Um, Palmer, it's Nebraska. So there's a, there's going to be a small number of receivers who are going to meet the criteria. So that's problematic for Green Bay number one. But 
The good news is they pick at 15, which in this class means they're probably going to get to pick one of those two guys that I mentioned if they'd like to. Smith Jigba and Quentin Johnson. And then you probably wait until round two, round three if you, if you needed to. But those guys, a lot of smalls. And the Packers, generally speaking, don't like smalls. That fits perfectly, though, with what's going on in the tight end class. The tight end class is pretty incredible. And we knew it was strong coming in. This is something we talked about last week. That that these top guys, really good. Don Kincaid didn't work out. He's dealing with a back injury. But you've got Darnell Washington, the, the second best three-cone at the combine. And Smith the Jigba ran the best one. Washington has like 60, 70 pounds on him. His movement skills are unbelievable. Now, there are some question marks off the field with him. I'm um, going back to his high school days. And so we'll see how that plays itself out. Um, but Sam Laporta tested well. Relative athletic score over nine. Michael Mayer, he tested fine. He is what he looks like on tape. A solid athlete who is the true why of this class. You can play him in line. You can play him wide in the red zone. He's terrific. You've got someone like, um, I mentioned Sam Laporta, um, Davis Allen, other guys who tested really well, who may be that sort of like day two flyer type or even round three, just like throw um, athletes at the problem. I think you're going to see Green Bay take a couple of these guys in this draft. And this is the draft to do it. This is the draft to do it. And it is interesting to me that the Packers have not always prioritized athleticism with these high-ish picks at tight end the way that they have at other places. Josiah DeGuar, not an elite tight end. Jay Sternberger, not an elite, or not an elite athlete. Jermichael Finley, believe it or not, not an elite athlete. A good athlete. Josiah DeGuara, a fine athlete. Jay Sternberger, fine. But not, you know, Dawson Knox. They could have taken Dawson Knox instead of Jace. Elite athlete. They have not always prioritized it the same way. Unclear why that is. But in this class, they almost don't have a choice because all of these top guys are great athletes. So that fits perfectly with a team that, that needs that athleticism. Now, the safety class. This has been a popular pick at 15, Brian Branch, or day two, some of these guys. It's not great. It's really not great. They came in slow. They came in small. Brian Branch, under six feet, under 200 pounds, and then ran high four fives. Like, I understand the idea of, oh, well, it's more important that they can, they can play football. Yeah, it is. But we're talking about outlier kinds of size and speed, especially for the Packers. They just don't do that. Ha Clinton Dix did not run fast, but he was 6'1", 200 plus pounds. Those are the kinds of players that play safety in the NFL. And Brian Branch was a slot corner, basically, at Alabama. And he didn't test like a guy who looks like he can play slot in the NFL. 
especially not if you're running high four fives. You just can't run with receivers. And by the way, that shows up on tape. And I took some heat a couple weeks ago before the combine, before we saw them test, when I said he doesn't look like an elite safety to me, does not look like a guy I would take in the top 15, the top 20. In fact, I said not even the best safety in this draft. A lot of the concerns that I had, the athleticism concerns, if you're going to be a guy who hangs his hat on being able to be a slot player, then you better test like a slot corner. He didn't. That's a problem. And so for the Packers, I am even more resolute in believing that they are going to go the free agent route with these safeties. And this is the beauty of having, I know the draft isn't before free agency. There are some people that think the draft should be before free agency, but you get the combine before free agency. The Packers know who are in this class. Teams know who they're going to have the opportunity to pick. Now, they don't know who they're going to get to pick, but they know what the pool looks like. That's useful information. They also know what the pool of free agents looks like when they're looking at the combine and when they're looking at the draft. And so when they're planning out their offseason, they know, okay, these guys are going to be potentially available. We don't know if we're going to be able to get them. It's very similar in that way. So I, they can go into this going, okay, safety class, not very good. If we want a safety, you're going to have to go sign one. Receiver class, mm, not, not great, but the guys at the top, like, like the Packers may legitimately get to draft wide receiver one. When you look at the teams picking ahead of them, a lot of them are going to prioritize defense. There's going to be three, four, maybe five, probably four quarterbacks go. Young, Levis. Stroud and Richardson are probably all going to go before pick 15. We know Carter and Anderson are going to go. Tyree Wilson's probably going to go. Okay. Like it's pretty easy to get to 10. Christian Gonzalez probably going to go. Peter Skaronsky, maybe he's a guard, didn't have great, you know, length. But it's not hard to believe that at the very least they'd get a chance to draft one of those two guys. Does that mean you, you have to be as aggressive at receiver? Maybe, maybe not. Depends, I think, on who the quarterback is going to be, though. Maybe it doesn't. Because if you're going to go out and get a veteran, and they should, we're going to talk about that at the end of the show, maybe you're not as worried about, just say, let's throw capital at the problem. And it's not even really a problem, but you could never have too many of these. So it, this is, I, I don't think it's good or bad for the Packers because we, we kind of knew going in what the deal was, but it clarifies a lot as we try and figure out the best path for the Packers to move forward here. All right, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and we're going to talk about the receiver trade market coming up in just a second. But before we do, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. I had one today. Um, we, had a, we had a party at our house on Saturday with some friends over and so we had a lot of leftover food but it's a lot of the kind of food that like you don't really want to eat two days in a row. <laughs> like I made sliders. I made um, I made fried chicken sandwiches that were really good. We made all kinds of dips and stuff. And so I needed something that still tasted good because I'm in this I'm in this this mood. But I needed it to be a little bit a little bit more healthy. And the, the beauty of Bilt Bar is it's a lot more healthy, but still covered in 100 percent real chocolate, 130 calories. Four grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait for Built to deliver your order. You can walk into a Sam's Club. You can walk into a, a Walmart and get yourself a box. So go do that. Why would you wait? Just, just go. 
you're gonna go do your shopping anyway, just go and grab yourself some built bars and you can thank me later. So some conflicting reports on the situation with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, Vic Tafer from uh, The Athletic said, the Raiders are out. They're not interested in Aaron Rodgers, which is counter to what I have heard about their position on this. But I do believe that they are conflicted internally about what they're going to do. Dan Graziano from ESPN reporting that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers in particular, still in the mix in Las Vegas. Again, that fits with what I have heard here. The Jets, we, we got this report. I love this. This is so good. We got this report that Derek Carr is re- very interested in the Jets. And that was one of those like the Jets saying, we don't want to pay your price. We're happy to sign Derek Carr. He wants to be here kind of situations. But all that being said, it's it's been now reported multiple times that Aaron Rodgers is the Jets number one. So if we know that, it's kind of hard to, to negotiate from that position if you're in New York because the Packers know that too. So again, we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. We might get a tweet, you know, at, at three o'clock in the morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, and blow this whole podcast up. By the time you listen to this, we may know the future of Aaron Rodgers, but it seems like there is jockeying for position right now. Some questions, is Carolina interested? Are they not? Conflicting reports on that. If they're interested in Derek Carr, why wouldn't they be interested in Aaron Rodgers? Adam Schefter over the weekend said it's a return to football or retirement. And he speculated that a return essentially meant the Jets, that the Packers were ready to move on. Tom Silverstein wrote a column saying the Packers are, you don't even, there's not even any reading between the lines that needs to take place here. It's just Brian Gutekunst saying, we're ready to move on. Now, he, of course, he didn't. But Tom read those comments from Brian Gutekinds at the Combine very much the same way I did, which is to say it was not even a tepid endorsement of the return of your four-time MVP. It was a, we'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there later. We'll figure it out at some point what the future of Aaron Rodgers is. It has to make sense for both sides. All of that stuff. It does seem like this is, you know, look, if you've been listening to this show all offseason, you're going, we know guy. You think that they're not going to be together. Yes, that is what I think. But that is because the, the preponderance of evidence supports that claim. We'll see. We'll see. But the Jets seem awfully interested. There are going to be other teams. Kurt Benkert, former Packer, said he threw out the Dolphins and said he thinks that now they don't have a first round pick. Could you get away with like Javon Holland and the Dolphins second round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, maybe Javon Holland and a future conditional 2024 20, pick or whatever. 
it's interesting, at least that would be pretty fun. Aaron Rodgers in Miami throwing a Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. Can you imagine that? And if you're, you know, Stephen Ross in Miami, you're going, sign me up for that. And this is, this is why it's so funny when, when people say, oh, they're not going to get that much. No, all it takes is one, one crazy owner and the crazy owners are everywhere. Dan Snyder, crazy. Mark Davis, crazy. David Tepper, desperate for a quarterback. Woody Johnson, desperate for a quarterback. The Benson family with Mickey Loomis, like the Saints. There are so many teams that are so desperate for a quarterback that the idea that Daniel Jones might get $40 million a year, but a team wouldn't talk themselves into Aaron Rodgers is just ridiculous. If, if he's traded, and I still believe this is actually a when, not an if, but, but if he's traded, a team is going to pay real stuff to get him because if it seems like it's going to be a second round pick, another one of these teams is going to swoop in. The Jets making it no secret. Like, don't you think if it was so obvious that he was going back and I still get these like tweets from Packers fans and texts from my friends that are like, he's coming back. Everyone knows. If it were so obvious that that, were, that was going to be the case, wouldn't Nathaniel Hackett like give the team a heads up like, hey, man, Aaron Rodgers not coming here. And their leverage with Derek Carr, like it's kind of like who cares? Like Derek Carr is a nice quarterback. But like, is he that much better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know. Like you could trade for much less stuff for Ryan Tannehill. Is Derek Carr any, any better than Ryan Tannehill? I don't know. Like, the reason you're out on this limb for Aaron Rodgers is because you believe Aaron Rodgers is get a bull. Now, again, none of that means this is a done deal and he's going to be traded. I think that's the most likely outcome. But yeah, there, there could be a scenario where he goes back to Green Bay. There could be a scenario where he retires. I am, I am more open to that than, than, I, than I have been at any point during the process. Just because it's sort of like the longer this goes, the more we're like, what is going on? Why is this being dragged out? Either play or don't. But I think we, the, the players are, are who we thought. It's the Raiders, it's the Jets, and the Jets are the number one. Rodgers is their number one. And it seems pretty obvious at this point the Packers are ready to move on. So if all of that is true, then maybe maybe this is we're just waiting for the, the, the price. That they're just haggling at this point. And we're going to get an announcement in the next 24, 48 hours that Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. Because we're coming up. It's March 6th today. He made his announcement on March 8th last year. He said he was not going to drag it out as much as last year. Well, that's like now. That's today. That's tomorrow. That's, that is the window that we're looking at here. So we'll see. We'll see ultimately what decision has been reached between him, between him and the team, what the team wants to do. I can't wait for the whatever decision to happen, happen so we can analyze all of it it's going to be amazing no matter what happens because we're going to have so much to talk about no matter what the resolution is 
All right, we're going to finish up here, but before we do, thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The last part here, Chad Graff, who used to cover the Vikings, actually, uh, said coming out of the combine that the buzz and remember that the cool thing about the combine is a lot of deals get done there. This is actually the, the unofficial start of free agencies at the combine um, front office. People talk to agents and get a feel for where these guys markets are, even though that's not technically how you're supposed to work. And <laughs> that DeAndre Hopkins, we know is on the block. Brandon Cooks has said he'd like to leave. It sounds like DeAndre Hopkins can be had for a second. Brandon Cooks for a third. Now, that's not going to end up being what the price is. Because especially if you're Houston, you want to send Brandon Cooks somewhere he wants to be. And maybe who the quarterback is in Green Bay is going to affect affect that. Maybe he wants to be close to home, which could mean Dallas makes more sense than anyone else. And that's what he's he's hoping to do is, is like force his way to a situation specifically DeAndre Hopkins he's got a lot of money due so can he you know he might be more limited in in where he can go that's a better spot for him in the moment it is interesting though that the Packers are are clearing all this space because suddenly they have a nice amount of space even when you include what they need for the draft and what they need potentially in an Aaron Rodgers trade and, and by the way, we'll see because if Aaron Rodgers is going to play, this contract needs to be reworked. And can it be re- reworked in a way that even if he's traded, it's less money in terms of a hit on the Packers to make it more, you know, appealing to them? I don't know. We'll see. That would be the one reason why you'd want to try and maintain some leverage of like, hey, we want you back just in case. Like, OK, it can be a concession to him to say, trade me and I'll do the X, Y and Z with my contract. But. One of the reasons why you'd want to have a little extra cushion here is four guys like Brandon Cooks, four guys like DeAndre Hopkins, and then also for the Jordan Poyers of the world, the John Johnson, the thirds of the world, the Corey Davises of the world, so that you have some money to go out and make this team better where you have the opportunity to. You, if you're the Packers, want to figure out a way to add to this team. Because Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, you're trying to win now. This team, you know, I know that there is this idea out there that if the Packers go to Jordan Love, they're rebuilding. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. Now, it may turn out that they're not very good because Jordan Love is not very good. But the intention is to win. And so they're moving money around right now and they're trying to work out what's going on with David Bakhtiari. I, I don't think it is a coincidence that we don't have a solution or a resolution with Aaron Rodgers and we don't have a resolution with Randall Cobb or David Bakhtiari, but we did get the word that um, Randall Cobb is mulling his future, had surgery to clean up an ankle injury. Um, Brian Goodykin said the intention is to have David Bakhtiari back on this team, that they're trying to work on that contract to make it a little bit better. There's some, uh, some bonus money that can be moved around for the Packers. I think they're trying to bring back Alan Lazard, irrespective of what happens because of what his value is to this team. Now, if it's going to be 12, 13, 14 million dollars a year, Probably not going to be in Green Bay. If it's going to be eight, even if it's going to be 10, 
Like, I think Alan Lazard is a better player than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I just do. And so I love the speed, but the Packers have the speed. I, I think that the, the receiver group last year, you put a tight end in there, for example, you really have something. I really, I really believe that because I think Christian Watson's going to take that step. And, and Lazard, there, there's so much value in having a reliable guy, someone that with that body, with the blocking, all the ways, the places you can line him up, just don't run end arounds with him on fourth and one. Like, just don't do that. It seems easy enough. Um, but the Packers are keeping their powder dry here. And I made some predictions on Twitter. The Packers were going to spend some money on a safety. I think they're going to spend some money at receiver, whether that is a new player, someone like Corey Davis, or Al Nazard. I honestly don't think there's that much of a difference in those two players at this point. They're both pretty young. They're both big bodies that can play in the slot and on the outside. Lazard is a better blocker. Davis is, I think, the better pure receiver. But I don't know how big that delta is. And then you have the familiarity in the scheme and the structure in the, in the actual city with the same players. I think that stuff matters too. There's some value there. How much? I don't know. I think Davis probably is going to be honestly cheaper. But but then if, that, if that's the case, the market is telling you the NFL thinks he's the better player. But still, I think they're going to they're gonna sign a veteran, whether that's Lazard or, or Davis. I think those are probably your two biggest, best options. Sign a safety, and then there's going to be that value guy. I, I have suggested a couple of times on the show that that's going to be Mike Kosicki. If he can be had as a value guy, if he's going to get, you know, $12, $14 million a year off the table. But if, if you can sign him for, you know, one year six on a prove-it deal, even one year eight with a void year or something in there to make it a little more palatable, I think I think that could be something that the Packers do. They don't have to be as under the salary cap as they are right now. And, and look, I... I think all signs are they're trying to find ways to make some moves here, regardless of who the quarterback is. And that is, of course, the right position for them to be in. All right. Key Sanchez on the show tomorrow, Locked on Packers, as we dig into the combine, as we head toward the NFL draft. Of course, if anything happens with Aaron Rodgers, we're going to be on top of it. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And we are going to go live when we have an Aaron Rodgers decision. So go subscribe to our Locked on Packers YouTube page to stay Locked on Packers.